0: So you're sitting there, waiting for the lawyer to speak. What's she going to say? Someone significant, someone close to you has died, and now you are about to learn what they have left behind for you. How do they want you to remember them? What have they entrusted to your care? What is your inheritance going to be? Now, I've never been part of one of those movie-like scenes where you have everybody gathered around in some lawyer's office waiting to have the last will and testament read out. But I can imagine the tension that those potential heirs might be feeling as they are sitting, waiting to hear the news. Now, some of them, they might be greedily awaiting the news of some great wealth, large sums of money, some kind of valuable that's going to enrich them. Others are hoping for some specific item, something that holds a particular value to them, maybe a family heirloom. Still others, well, they're not looking for anything at all. Usually, somebody has to die in order for an inheritor to come into possession of what's being given over to them. That's part of the cost of being an heir. When somebody sits down, makes the effort to establish a will Well, the fact is they're facing the reality that death comes for us all. They understand that adage that you can't take it with you. They're passing along the gifts which they hope will be appreciated and well used by people that they leave behind when their time on earth is done. Now you, you have been given an inheritance. That's the message that we heard through another lawyer in today's reading from Galatians. St. Paul, who is an expert in the law, is bringing news to his fellow Christians that they might be aware of this treasure that's been given to them. And you, you are one of them. You are an heir of the promise that God gave to his people, a people which includes Abraham and his descendants in the faith, Jew and Greek alike. You are an inheritor of restored life with God. And you see, somebody had to die in order to make possible the handing over of what was promised. And someone did. The Messiah, who the Father sent to live in your place, to die on your cross, you're an heir to God's promises through him. And God wouldn't have it any other way. You've been set free. You are no longer enslaved to a taskmaster or drill sergeant who's trying to get you to live up to some standard of perfection that you will never, ever meet. You don't have to pin your hopes on how well you perform to be good enough for God. You don't have to try to be better than all the people around you in order to win his love. Now the enemy wants you trapped. The enemy says that you have to rely on yourself. God says otherwise and Paul puts it this way in the same way also we when we were children we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons you've inherited you've inherited freedom in Christ you've been freed From your own performance, you've been freed from slavery to self and sin and death. Now this freedom, the freedom that you have been given, it sets you apart from all the other people in the world who have yet to know God's love through his son. Not making you to be better than them, but making you to be a light of freedom to a world of people who are still enslaved. You reflect God's grace into their lives. You carry the promise to them through your presence, through your words, through your actions. That same inheritance, that one that has been entrusted to you, it is infinite enough to go to them also. The one who died so that you could come into your inheritance, he defeated death. You are an heir of the living God. But with Jesus' resurrection, the gift that you've been given wasn't pulled back. It wasn't rescinded or diminished. Instead, it just keeps growing. That's what we're celebrating in this season after Pentecost, the season that we know as the time of the church. The freedom that God gives us in Christ is meant to be nurtured. It's meant to be shared among us and with the neighbors that God puts into our path. We need it, especially in this culture where division and isolation are on the rise. As Paul reminds the Galatians in the body of Christ in the church, we are not to be divided Jew and Greek, rich and poor, black and white, not Democrat and Republican, for we are united by baptism, by the working of the Holy Spirit. No one is superior to another. The Spirit's work, not our own, bridges the gaps that would keep us apart. And at this time when people are continually compelled to compare themselves against these manufactured standards of perfection, our Lord's cross stands as the shelter in the middle of the storm. It is the place where all might gather because he was perfect for us. You and I have new life as the people who have been given this inheritance. And we get to carry it out to those who don't yet know God's love in Christ because they desperately need it. This is your inheritance by God's grace. God generously and continually gives great gifts through his church to build you up, to equip you so that you might be a blessing to those around you and to those who come after you. Starting this weekend, for example, St. John's prayer ministry team is offering a new Sunday morning adult education class. It's going to be focused on God's gift of prayer. You can learn how God will strengthen you as an inheritor of God's grace in Christ. So gather together with your fellow heirs in the church, in small groups, places to engage with God's word. Because as we heard again today through the prophet Isaiah, God is calling out to all people. He's calling out to the Jew and the Gentile alike. He is calling out through his word, proclaiming to all nations, here am I, here am I, for you, Because God is here. Biblical illiteracy is a sign that all's not well. It's a sign that we're not making use of what God has entrusted to us as his heirs. Do not neglect the good gifts that God gives. That he is setting before you in this congregation, in this community in Christ. So what's your legacy going to be? What would you pass on to your inheritors? If you're a parent or a caregiver, how are you showing children God's love? What's your example teaching them? When they look at your life and your priorities, because they do, they see you. Will they see faith as your foundation? Point them to Jesus by showing them that your priorities are guided by the hope which you have in Christ. And even if you're not a parent, you're still able to leave a legacy in faith. As Jesus told his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We hear that as part of our baptismal rite here at St. John's. It's a reminder that we go out carrying this light of freedom into the world around us. Because you have freedom through the Father's love. Jesus has redeemed you to be his own. The Holy Spirit has called you and he has united you as his people. You are an inheritor of God's grace. Amen.